Hello and welcome to the first edition of our 2022 World Cup breakdown. We're starting with Spain, as you may have just gathered. I'm here with TK. TK, the first one we did these way back in 2018. We've left it late, but we're back on the wagon, ready for the 2022 World Cup. After the huge success of our Peru preview, we had <laughs> yeah. to. There were good times recording uh, my sauna of a kitchen, actually, mm. if we yes. go all the way back to that. Now, there's no easy way of describing the teams we're going to do here. It's kind of an eclectic mix. Spain, if I tell you the other teams that we're going to do down the line, don't necessarily fit in. No. Effectively... <laughs> is somewhere along the lines of if you were doing your sweepstake at work, a team that you may not have as much knowledge about as England or Brazil or whoever, we take a look at the country itself and take a short look at what we think they could do in this tournament, their biggest strengths, potential lineups, that kind of thing. So these will be shorter episodes. We'll try and drop one or two a day in the lead up to the tournament. Facts about Spain, TK. How much do you think you know about Spain? I think I know a little bit, but in terms of facts, I'm not sure if I've got any off <laughs> to hand. No, no, don't you worry. <laughs> I've got them supplied for us. So the home of some of the world's biggest and strangest festivals. La Tomatina, the world's biggest food fight, and one which I would definitely not be attending, the running of the bulls, Yeah, which... Is what it says on the tin. Um, involves running in front of a small group of bulls, typically six, but sometimes ten or more, <laughs> that have been let loose on sectioned-off streets in town. Who the hell came up with this idea? Johnny Knoxville looks at that and goes, "What the hell are you guys thinking?" <laughs> yeah, one is mm. enough. What if you did a festival running the Red Bull? How many <laughs> Red Bulls can you get for us? Christ. Uh- there's been there's been times where I've had one and it may be a coincidence, it may not be. Every so often you you, you feel your heart and you <laughs> what's, what's that? Is that should I not be finishing this? And you feel, well, they do cost about two pounds fifty for one of these, so I do kind of want to finish it. You had a long morning at work, you gotta keep Explain going. that one to the doctor. It's two fifty. What was I gonna do? <laughs> um Yeah, that sounds terrifying. I, I I don't know how well you can train a bull because for it to be this normalised, I tried looking at their picture and there were like small women and children there that don't look like they're getting away from a bull. Like I'm a large man. I'm not getting away from a bull. So I've really narrowed it down there, but it seems wild. Like one is enough. Ten. Yeah. Also the fact that this is just like a spectator thing. That seems insane. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the whole food fight thing was enough. Like I don't want a tomato hurtling towards my head. Um, I remember being in the tennis courts at school where people would throw apples. Jesus. And I've brought this up on here before. I remember a kid being hit square in the head with an apple from range, and and he started crying. <laughs> and we were, we were in like year nine ten, and I remember people laughing, and then. I mean, I didn't say anything. Why am I going to put myself in the line of fire? But I remember thinking, that is an apple yeah, to the head. Perfectly legitimate reason to cry, probably. <laughs> and it wasn't one of those cries like frustration. Like 
it was one of them like, almost being hit in the nose and he wasn't hit in the nose, thank God. But it was one of those ones where that there's no choice in that. <laughs> that's like this, the pain is just so much. Like, that's a concussion. <laughs> Lord, your cricket ball out and just watch him cry. What's he crying about? I remember people playing with a cricket ball on the field at school. I remember a kid being hit in the head. I'm thinking, is he dead? Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. And thinking it was so wild that people were doing this. And they were like the people out at lunchtimes. Like and it took a teacher about a week later to go, I don't think you should be using that at lunchtimes. <laughs> like it was Could have multiple that, fatalities by then. Yeah, mental. Um there is no tooth fairy in Spain, but rather a tooth mouse called Ratoncito Perez. Does he do the same thing? Yeah, but the 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 Perez part is my favourite. Like, the rat needed a surname. <laughs> um, Spain has more bars than any other than any other European Union country. Nice, good place to host a European tournament. You may mm. think the first known stapler came from Spain. <laughs> It's not illegal to be naked in public. Good to know. Dangerous for a European tournament. Mm. And fried breadcrumbs are an odd sort of meal in the south of Spain. It's one of their favourite dishes. Nice, nice. But bull's tail stew is also a popular dish in Andalusia, so... (laughs) He got some strange foods there. That was the tip of the iceberg. Mm. But into the football. Something that's not strange, I'd say Spain and Italy, would you say? Probably more than any other nations. We know how they're going to play. It doesn't matter who's on the pitch. We know how, we know what they're going to be doing going into the tournament. Yeah, probably Spain more than anyone, aren't they? They've, they've very much got an identity. Um and regardless of quality of squad, they're going to look to do that again. Yeah, Luis Enrique has been pretty clear when interviewed. He says, attacking, ambition and pressing are the three key elements of his playing style and they're all non-negotiable. He says he'll be playing out from the goalkeeper. He's set up with a 4-3-3 formation in almost every qualifier and friendly unless he has a good reason not to, like injuries. Width, possession... He accepts that they have to take risks with the passing to play the way he wants. And he wants fast, wide players getting at the fullbacks. Like, it's the same way Spain were playing in 2008 and 2010, just to far greater levels of success. Yeah, that's kind of the, the thing with them, isn't it? Is that they still have a really good team. It's just because it's not those teams from 2008 to 2012 sort of range that I think they kind of get written, not written off, but not fully given the respect they maybe deserve as a squad because you know, they got to the semi-finals of the Euros and only get beaten by Italy on penalties. I was at the game. So, yeah. you know, and it's kind of almost like in our collective memories, almost like that didn't happen, but they're like, you know, they're, I thought they were probably better than Italy in that game as well. I remember the they semi-final. Were. They were. So, they could, you know, they could easily have gone on and won that thing. You would have been worried about us playing them. So, well, they have no clear finisher is their big yeah. thing. When Murat um, is your starter, it's uh, tricky, isn't so it? It's a pro- he's got 27 goals in 57 caps, which is actually better Good than record, I expected. Yeah. 
Um, he got four goals in Euro 22. So they just don't have the quality or the depth of 2008-2012. And so there are weaknesses, but if they can play on the ball like they hope to do, that eradicates some of the issues. They've got the wide players in there, Iglesias, Ferran Torres, Ansu Fati, Morata. One of those will play up front. It probably will be Morata with two of those hanging off him. But as much as anything, the big issue is they've been trying for about 15 years or 10 years to get another Busquets and they just can't do it. It's very telling that at a time when Sergio Ramos isn't in the squad because they're trying to move on from him, they aren't in a position to move on from Busquets at all because there's no one else who can do it. He's the lone representative from the 2010 World Cup champions. Hmm. It's still only 34 as well. It's quite, um, shows how young he was at that point. Um, similar, it mirrors Barca's situation, doesn't it? Where ultimately they still haven't been able to fully move on from Busquets no. either. I know he's not... The problem is he's quite a unique type of player. You think like Rodri really should be able to do it. And yeah. it's, it's still not perfectly... Uh, not the perfect fit. But then again, it's it's how married are you to it? Will you try and change it just a little bit, even if Rodri's a slightly different player? I mean, Let's face it, Rodri, Gavi and Pedri as a midfield going forward is uh, is pretty tasty, isn't it? Yeah. So Pedri is obviously the star man <laughs> for them. Where just in the sheer talk coming into the tournament, he's played a dozen matches for Spain. He's in his third full senior season, 19 years of age. A, a special talent, the kind that... People are talking about him over here that traditionally wouldn't be talking about a player in the Spanish league unless they were scoring like 40 goals a season, for example. We aren't usually talking about this kind of, well, not us specifically, but the your talk sports and that kind of pun. Typically, they would be saying this player's overrated without having yeah. really watched him much. It tend, would be the only way they would talk about him. Like... One of those where if you if you look at like his charts or whatever, then you've got like the vision ticked, technique ticked, timing, temperament, everything, the, the ability to control a game single-handedly. All of the things that go into your traditional Spanish midfielder. And then the fact that he was able to play through the pressure and the demands of Euro 2020. And then he went straight into the Olympics, didn't he? And then straight into Barcelona's first team. He said the big thing, didn't they? Did he get like 70 games in a year or something stupid? Yeah, he's a machine. And there's been some criticism of him in Spain recently that he's looking jaded. Not surprised. But yeah, with athletes like this, they tend to turn it on when they need to. And I think they'll be hoping that it gets to international tournament time and he can put his foot down, particularly because players like this shine more in international football because the game's slower. Yeah, it's true. And it's why Italy can be successful when we look at someone like Jorginho, who has been, if he's not a laughing stock, he's been a laughing point <laughs> for his time in the Premier League. And then he can go and play internationally for Italy and he can be as important as he is and he can make the difference that he does. A slightly odd situation as well where going away from Barcelona right now might be a nice break in terms of yeah. there obviously there's been some disappointment around there with their Champions League situation 
So going there and, and doing a job with Spain, it can kind of be a sort of light relief for you in a way. Yeah, in terms of expectation, I mean, they're probably benefiting from the fact that they're kind of just expected to be a fun team, maybe. Like, there's always going to be the expectation that they should go deep into the tournament. But I don't think even their media are talking up like they should be going in and winning this, or even that they should be one of the favourites to win it. They just need to create a good account of themselves. Um, it's far more about style. And I do think they probably have the best manager in the tournament. Like this is a manager where if he makes himself available, 90% of clubs are going to look at the manager they've got in the hot seat and go, if we can get in touch with him many fans is coming here, you're out the door. And I hope, I sincerely hope Conte doesn't bounce any fancy to go in the Premier League. Maybe Chelsea. I'd rather that than Tottenham. <laughs> I'm sure you would. <laughs> but he was he was the guy I go back to it when Wenger was sacked and I was desperate for him to yep. come and join Arsenal. And then he took some time off. I believe his son or daughter had just died at the time. Yeah, correct. Or, or was it? He went into the national least, team. Yeah, he then came in national team, didn't he? Sacked the guy that who was his assistant that took over. They were like lifelong friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he said he should have left. He should have left with him, and he did it quite publicly, Mm, didn't he? But shows he is, you know, he's he's a ruthless character as well. Yeah, with these um, Spanish managers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I I agree with you. He's uh, the pick of the bunch when. When you looked at the last one, I think you looked at him and Mancini and you thought, yeah, these are proper managers. And it reflected in the way their teams played. They played the closest you were probably going to get to club football in terms of the cohesiveness of it, how well coached they were. And this team is, is a is a really good team with some good players in there, but you feel like he'll get an extra extra level out of them. And you feel assured. Sometimes with a lot of these managers, you kind of think, I think he knows his team and knows his squad but I don't know, whereas I feel he had no doubts about leaving certain players out. And that transfer, I think that confidence must relay to the squad. Yeah, and they've got a lot of recognisable faces in the squad. David Raya from Brentford, Robert Sanchez from Brighton, Jordi Alba, Barcelona, Azpilicueta, Carvajal, Eric Garcia. Christ, the the scares I had when we were linked with that man. I mean, he's done very Um, well for himself, hasn't he, Eric Garcia? Christ alive. I'm Eric Laporte, Pau Torres, Busquets, Gavi, Koke, Lorente, Pedri. It's a team of Man United transfer <laughs> Carlos Soler, who's just gone to PSG. Asensio, who's constantly seems to be looking for an opportunity to restart his career. Ansu Fati, Morata, as we know about. Danny Olmo, he looked great a year of 2022. He was the guy that scored the goal to get them to qualify. Jeremy Pino, who is linked with Arsenal all summer, actually. Sarabia, who's just got a second chance at PSG, Ferran Torres, Nico Williams. So a strong team, as we've said, they lack a natural finisher. They lack a bit of weight at the back with Sergio Ramos being left out of the squad. Well, I mean, this was maybe just Twitter doing its thing, but the idea of Ramos not being in there being some sort of shock was a little bit staggering to me. I, don't th- I think he's played twice in two years or something for Spain, so it's kind of um, kind of obvious that that wasn't going to happen. I think you're going to have the same issue that we had talked about in the last tournament where probably their best two 
are Laporte and Paul Torres, and obviously both of those are left footers. So do you go with that at the back? They were playing Eric Garcia last time. And as well. the alternative option is Eric Garcia, so that's obviously an yeah. even bigger problem. Um, so I think that, and I think as has been the case for Spain for a little bit, even probably in 2012, but they just had so much quality that they could overcome it. Probably maybe a few too many of the same type of profile players. And I think Enrique's been conscious of that and trying to get a mix in there. For example, Ansu Fati, obviously once upon a time was seen as the next one, the kid injuries, potentially, but at the same time he's thrown him in because I think he knows he's got that bit of X factor. That's something a bit different um, to some of the other players he's got. I mean, in some of the previous squads, Adama Traore has been making the squad. It's not that yeah. he's not doing that based on his form, right? It's based on I want some. I need he, to get something different into this squad, and he's kind of pursued any which way he can. He was down the side of the pitch when me and Sam went to uh, Spain, Italy. He wore an Italy shirt because he had an Italy shirt. I wore a Spain shirt because I had a Spain shirt, basically. <laughs> and Adama Traore, he was even just warming up on the subs bench and. I saw the best and worst of him against Arsenal <laughs> on uh, Saturday. It's freakish even just seeing him warm up. The guy is just a joke and he's probably perfect for coming on as a sub at international football, but doesn't make the squad this time around. Sergio Ramos, I do think, had at least an expectation that he was in the running because he put out a statement with his disappointment and that kind mm-hmm. of thing rather than... But then it was one of them and he said... I'm disappointed, but the sun will come up tomorrow. The sun will go down at the end of the day and life goes on. <laughs> of course he did. So maybe um, the predicted starting 11 is um, Unai Simone, Carvajal, Laporte, Torres, Jordi Alba, Busquets, Gavi, Pedri, Ferran Torres, Ansu Fati, Morata. Such a good team. It's a good team. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was just clickbait from a lot of outlets, The the shock that, De Gea still is, wasn't even in there like 55-man squad. <laughs> the the bloke is the opposite of a Spanish goalkeeper and they made that quite clear about seven years ago. I don't know why that's still considered a shock to people. Also, I did see someone tweet, I think you may have retweeted or liked it as well, saying that if the backup keeper isn't going to play, then you probably need people out there that are going to be sort of good guys yeah. for the squad rather than someone who's so going this, to be spoiling about the fact he isn't starting. This was about Matt Turner. And Matt freaking Turner. Yeah. Zach Steffen has just had a howler yeah. of a yeah. time. He's a borough, isn't he? Yeah, that's right now. Yeah. 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 And the whole thing was, he was going to play championship football because there was a battle with Turner that he was winning, but he was going to go and this was just going to really nail down. And the big thing was going to be I'm playing first team football and you're not. Yeah. Turns out, being City's backup goalkeeper, you can actually look pretty good <laughs> in that situation <laughs> rather than the other way around. And he'd shown us some weaknesses in the Cups, hadn't he, against Liverpool and so on. Um, Turner then has played a couple of games for us, but I think he had a he had a shaky first five minutes, which is under he had a shaky preseason game actually, which. People got worried about. And then his first five minutes in the Europa League, his his passing wasn't great, but ultimately he kept the ball at the back of the net. Um, the only goal he's conceded so far is a penalty, I believe. He he's looked assured, I think I think the managers speak 
to each other more than we would probably believe internationally, yeah. or at least I think there's a willingness. The FA, I think, rub people up the wrong way. The other ones, I think, probably have a better line of communication. And from what you hear from the people in and around Arsenal, Turner is taking things on board. He learns and so on. And so, yeah, there was the big thing of once they decided Turner was going to be their number one, they didn't think Stefan was going to be a good guy for the camp if he thinks he deserves to be playing. Mm-hmm. So they'll bring three guys that support each other instead. And as you say that, that's that's a huge thing. You joked about it with Dean Henderson. Well, half joked about it with Dean Henderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'd never thought about it until I saw that tweet. And I'm like, that actually makes perfect sense. And you compare that with Ramsdale, who was asked, and he actually said, obviously, I think my ability is there. I don't think I should be starting in Qatar because Jordan's not done anything yep. wrong and I've not been in the squad long enough to really make a case. He said, the next tournament, I, I may feel different mm. yeah. because I'm going to be pushing him the whole way. But he said, if I'm in the squad... I'm going to be the best backup you've ever seen and I'm going to make sure he's the best number one that you've seen. And I truly believe that he is like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't know, I don't know enough about Stefan, but that makes sense. And from what I've seen from De Gea, I've got a fairly good assumption that he wouldn't be the guy I'd want as my third choice either. No, I'd, I'd probably be inclined to agree. In terms of expectation here, they're going to have to get going very soon in the tournament. Hmm. It's, it's. I don't think there's a true group of death in this tournament, but Germany and Japan. That's yeah, yeah. If we had that group, we there are at least games where you need to turn up for. There's people have been disrespectful about our group in some senses, but we should be able to play at less than fifty percent in some of those games and still grind out a result. Um, That Iran game is going to be the dirtiest, most boring yes. game you've ever seen. Yeah. Carlos Quinn yeah, exactly. is that is that Ugh. guy. But you'd much rather be playing them at 50%. Spain don't have that luxury against... Well, they got Costa Rica in the first game. They're going to face a dirty low block Let's face that it, that's, There's pressure on that game, isn't there? Because if you don't win that, suddenly yeah. the next two games become a, a bit harder. If they can get a good win there, you, you feel a bit settled. Exactly. And then Germany, I think the last eight times they've played them, they've won seven. Nice. But it's, it's never going to feel like that. You can see those stats before you play any team in the league and you still don't feel comfortable. And they're going to have to do that. And they're effectively relying on four or five people chipping in with goals. Yeah, he's going to have to try and share it around a little bit. It's, it's tricky with like Morata, isn't it? Because it's like, he is a very good player. He's just not top, top draw. Um, and when he does stink the gaff out, it's normally pretty, pretty blatant. Kind of, can I make parallels with like Higuain in that in that sense? So, yeah, I think Higuain at his best was, Higuain at his best probably was considered a clinical striker. Hmm. He just wasn't in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, it's just when he did have a howler, it was really, really bad. And, and you could kind of see it. And Vimrata, you can see the confidence sort of drain for him. So, I've, yeah, this squad could limp through the group and go out, or it could go like all the way to the final. It's one of those, one of those situations. Looking at the, ironically for them, I, I don't like getting too much into the, um, 
you know, we often do it with England where we go, so do we want to come first or second then? Like it's, it should be like some sort of option. Yeah. In their case, might be better off coming second in the group, only in that if you assume Brazil are top letters, you'll be in the same part of the, uh, same half of the draw as them if you top the group. Whereas, okay, that's what I was just trying to look at. If you could come second, you could be in the opposite half and look, you might end up with a, a Portugal or Uruguay in the last 16, but at the same time, you're out of that, you're out of that situation with, uh, with Brazil. No, sorry. Um, I think one of Belgium or Croatia, I think, would be the the last okay. sixteen, but not a fun one. But at the same time, you're out of the side of uh, being in with Brazil. So, yeah, whoever comes, uh, if you assume Spain and Germany is going to be the top two, I think whoever comes second isn't going to be feeling too gutted. I don't imagine. No, and Germany aren't in fine form either. To be fair, no, so no, no, exactly. That's at least that's going to be a meaningful game. Um, because I don't think you can do as you say and try and finish second. Because if Japan are playing well, then you could easily be third. Yeah, agreed. Let's face it, that's probably the best group game we'll have: Spain, Germany. Maybe yeah. Portugal, Uruguay might be in with a shout, but that's probably off the bat. You'd say Spain, Germany is the best group game we're going to get. So yeah. something to look forward. I'm also interested to see. Only I was only going to touch on this when I said. Um, players that are a little bit different for Spain. I will be curious to see if uh, Nico Williams gets any sort of time. I only say this and I've seen him starting to get a bit more hype now, but it was, uh, I started looking at him a little bit just out of curiosity because people are doing that thing because he's Inaki Williams' brother, isn't he? Yeah. And people are doing that thing of, oh, it's, uh, you know, the brother's actually even better. You'd be like, oh, is that right? <laughs> it's only happened every single time in a sporting context, you've had a sibling. Raphael and Fabio. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Golovkin's brother was actually better than him. So, oh, is that right? Is <laughs> yeah. that right? But um, I was naturally cynical on that when at a young age, I remember they did it about Anton Ferdinand. And listen, we've spoken about our hatred <laughs> yeah. for Rio, but let's have some respect here. But yeah, again, Nico Williams would be something different to what they've got in attack. And I would like to see if he, if they're maybe behind or struggling in the game, if he can come on, just do something a little bit different. Because um, outside of that, you know, people like Asensio uh, and Ferran Torres, are kind of we know what we're getting from them. There's kind of bits here and there, but he could be something different for them. And I'd, I'd love to see yes. Anthony Fatty fulfill his potential, but maybe it's either going to be not be this tournament, or maybe you never will. Unfortunately. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to ask you to tell me precisely what happens because you have to break down the whole thing. But what what's a good tournament for them? I think they've got to at least get to the quarters. I think whatever happens. Um, and after that, obviously, it can depend on the draw. But I think with... It's a good squad and I think a very good manager. So in that case, I, I would... I'd feel more optimistic for them than some of the other quote-unquote big teams. Yeah. Um, and then I think they can probably go out earlier... But if they can see some cohesion with Pedri and Gavi and show something where they come out of the tournament and people say they're going to be dangerous at the Euros. Yeah, yeah, true. And you can see something there and then they can look. Every academy in the country is going, who have you got up front? Get them working. Or it puts the boot up one of the wide players and maybe Ferran Torres takes it upon himself. I'm going to be the new centre forward and which is what they were hoping for with him when he first went over to City. And yeah. uh, it hasn't quite, hasn't quite landed well, they, for him. He was linked with being that guy for us, yeah. briefly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the money that was being mentioned, that would have cost more than Jesus. Yeah, 
yeah. So ironically for them, as future, you, you probably would look at the defense going forward, and you go, where's the next guy for them coming from? And they also may say this is the last tournament with Enrique, so maybe they need to max it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think he'll be on the market after this one, whatever happens in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. That is the first episode of our World Cup breakdown, and we'll see how Spain do. Adios.